the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening, good evening. How are you doing? Welcome to Contending for the Faith, where the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live. Yes, I said we are live for the next hour with your own host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, come on now, counselor and expert on the coats, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. That's right. My name is Brother E. How you guys doing, Radio Land? And we're inviting you to call in with your question and comments and concerns. Our toll free, I said free, number is one 4K facts. That's one eight 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 three six seven five three two nine. Please don't be shy. Pick up the phone and let us know what's on your heart, your mind. Again, that number is one eight eight four K facts. Tonight on Contending for the Faith, we're going to continue discussing the fourth principle in our series on how to overcome Satan. Oh, yes, he's a defeated foe. We have discussed thus far the first four principles, beginning with number one, the principle of prayer and the word of God. Number two, the principle that Jesus at the cross, come on now, dealt Satan a fatal crushing blow. Number three, for the, for the principle that the same power that, oh, hallelujah, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, God has given to us, hallelujah. And number four, submit to God and you will resist the devil. So join us as Dr. Buckner digs deep, turn to your neighbor and say deep, and continues to unpack point eight of the 14 points under principle number four, neither giving place to the devil. Dr. Buckner has been dealing with the issue of complacency as it relates to the principle number four and has developed a powerful acronym for it that you won't want to miss. Stay tuned, for we are not pretending, but we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how you doing, sir? Brother E, God bless you, <laughs> and what a wonderful job uh, sitting in uh, for Gary Bell tonight. And yes, it looks like uh, you've been doing this for years. Oh, and so we appreciate God. the way you're letting God use you. Here's a young man that's in our ministry and... Uh, faithful to the ministry and faithful to the call of God. And Brother Gary is, uh, hopefully he is on his way tonight, and he is uh, dealing with some things related to his wife's father. And uh, we want you to pray for uh, his family and uh, his uh, wife's father is kind of like in critical condition now, and uh, Gary might be on his way and he might not, so keep him in prayer. We appreciate that tonight. Uh, well, uh, we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by the program tonight. So we want to encourage you to get by a table and get your pens and papers uh, ready and uh, take some critical notes regarding how to defeat the enemy, because 
the Bible has warned us to neither give place to the devil in Ephesians 4 and 27. But unfortunately, most of us give a lot of places to the enemy, and that's why a lot of us are so miserable. That's why so many of us are so depressed. That's why so many of us are uh, in a state where the enemy is manipulating us and using us in a mighty way. But God has given us uh, an escape. He's given us power. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us uh, the Word of God. He's given us prayer, and he's given us the church. Uh, Anything that tries to kill you, if they tried to kill you, let it build you. Amen. Amen. Because we need to not let anything kill us, but let it build us. That's what God wants us to do. And so what we want to do is kind of go through this list again uh, of these 17 D's, and and we're going to try to get through uh, most of them. And I want to spend some time tonight uh, talking about uh, one of them that we'll get to in a few minutes here. But uh, all of these D's uh, are found uh, in relationship to the Garden of Eden. Uh, distraction. The enemy used distraction through the serpent. And then he, number two, he used doubt after that. He got him to doubt, our foreparents. And then he got him into, number three, a spirit of disobedience. And then, number four, he brought them to a state of de- of deceit. And then number five, they got into denial. They started blaming God and blaming, uh, you know, each other and even blaming the serpent. And then number six, they got into a state of disappointment and discouragement. They became shameful and they hid themselves. And then number seven, they got into a spirit of despair. They lost hope. And then number eight, they got into a spirit of double-mindedness. The Bible talks about this in relationship to our walk with God, that James 1 and 8 and James 4 and 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Are you just going to church sometime and then other times you're not? Are you reading your Bible all the time or there are times when you're just not? Are you witnessing and other times you're just not? Or you're praying, and then other times you're just not. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And what happens when we surrender to Jesus as Lord, he helps us to be stable-minded rather than unstable-minded. And then number nine, they got into a state of dishonesty. And that's what uh, so many people do when they get into a state of double-mindedness. They start to be a people of dishonesty. And that's one of the things that God hates is hypocrisy. He, he, he doesn't hate the fact that you make mistakes. All of us make mistakes. But my friend, what you do in public, the way you live in public, you need to live that way in the private part of your life. Are you living a life of hypocrisy when you just let a little bit of hypocrisy in your life, it's going to create a big area of hypocrisy. You got to just denounce it, all of it. You got to denounce it. And then number 10, they got into a spirit of, of dullness and numbness. They just got dull on the things of God. And then number 11, they got into a spirit of deadness. And this is the thing that I want to talk about tonight. 
You know, we have a lot of churches that are just dead. It's a mark with a church uh, cross on it and a steeple, but it's a a morgue with a steeple. (laughs) A lot of churches are just dead. They're neither cold nor hot, and there are a lot of Christians that way. They're just dead. And uh, the only thing that can bring us alive is repentance and turning to the Lord. You know, and uh, the Lord had said to the uh, church of Sardis, he told them not to be dead like the told the, the people not to be dead like the church of Sardis and uh, Revelation three and one. I know thy works that thou hast a name that thou livest but are dead. There's a lot of people alive today, but really in reality they're just like the church of Sardis. They're dead. Now let me say some things about this deadness because. Uh, The Bible says something about this going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. In uh, Genesis 2 and 17, God said, If you eat of this fruit, of this tree, of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt surely die. That was a capital crime uh, in that day, and that was the first capital punishment right there. You want to know about capital punishment? Well, it happened in the Garden of Eden right there. When they sinned, not only did they die, but the entire race. You may, you may not go in, in a, 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 you know, be injected to die. You may not go through that uh, brutal way. But all of us are going to die one day. And uh, when our foreparents sinned against God, we all sinned. Romans 3 and 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And God said in Genesis 2 and 17, you will surely die. In the Bible, the Bible has three basic ideas of separation, three basic ideas of death. And I want you to write these three basic ideas of separation and death down. Number one, there is known as a spiritual separation of death. What does this mean? Well, at the moment of Adam and Eve's sin, they both died spiritually. Listen, there are people today who, who don't know God, who are walking around like spiritual zombies. If you don't know the Lord, you're just a spiritual zombie. You're just dead without Jesus Christ. Unless he breathes life in you, you're just dead, dead as a doorknob. And this is the first type of death. It's a spiritual separation. Everybody that doesn't know Christ is spiritually separated from him, spiritually separated. And if you sin and you know him, you're separated from him in fellowship. You know, you won't lose your union, but you will lose your communion. And then there's a second type of death. That death is physical separation. But because of God's grace and mercy, they did not die physically until later because God's intention was for them to live forever. That was God's intention. So it took them a long time to die. And we find that in Genesis 5 and and verse 5, and all the days that Adam lived were 930 years because 
God's intention was for them to live forever, and God had to drive them out of the garden because if they would have stayed in the garden, they would have ate of the tree of life and lived in a corrupt state throughout eternity. So God had to take them out because the tree of life was for their purpose of living forever, and Jesus is the one that causes us to live forever when we know him. Now, uh, they brought upon them when they sinned, they brought upon them a physical separation of death. And I want you to notice something in the Bible. If you care to look in your Bibles, I want you to look with me at Genesis chapter 5. And this is the first early obituary listed in the Bible. And notice this. They were intended to live forever, but I want you to notice something. It says in Genesis Five and verse 5, it says, All the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. And notice verse 8, And Seth, 912 years, he died. And it goes on and goes on and talks about in verse 11, he died. And notice in verse 14, he died. And notice verse 17, he died. Notice verse um, 20, he died. And notice uh, Enoch, it says he lived in uh, 60 and 5 years and begot Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begot Methuselah 300 years and begot sons and daughters. And and then it says in verse 24, Enoch walked with God and was not because God uh, uh, took him. He escaped death. There was an exceptional right there. But I want you to notice Methuselah, the man who lived the longest ever lived. Verse 27, and all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and notice, and he died. And notice Lamech in verse 31, and all the days of Lamech were 770 and seven years, and he died. This is the first list of the obituary in the Bible, and everybody has going to have an obituary, including you and me. Now, I want you to notice that the first death is a spiritual separation. The second death is a physical separation, and then... Uh, because the Bible tells us in Hebrews 9 and 27, it is appointed unto all men once to die, and after this, the judgment. All of us have an appointment with the undertaker, unless Jesus come back to take us up. And then the last third death is eternal separation, which means to be eternally separated from God throughout eternity. And we find that in Revelation 20 and verse 11, All unbelievers will stand before the great white throne judgment. If you're an unbeliever, this is your obituary right here in Revelation 20 and 11. This is in Revelation 20 and 17, or 15 rather, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is an eternal death, and the only way that you can escape this eternal death is to turn to Jesus because he came to give you not only life, but he came to give you an abundance of life. That's what Jesus has come to do. He says in John 3 and 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can choose to have everlasting life, or you can choose to have eternal separation from God, and that's the worst death 
that you can ever experience. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother E. My, 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 my. What a mighty word that you just heard. Do you know Jesus? Please give us a call at 1-88-4K-FACTS. We'll take a minute. We'll be right back with you. Hey, Radio Land, what's going on? I'm Brother E. This is Contending for the Faith. We are back. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us. Uh, please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tune in to this uh, profound teaching that we're doing on the Word of God. Again, my name is Brother E. I'm filling in uh, in, in Gary Bell's stead today. Uh, prayers go out to our, our brother GB uh, for things that's going on with him, Lord God. But uh, we thank you for tuning in again. I'm thankful for the opportunity, Dr. Buckner, to be here in the radio program with you. Again, call us on the phone lines. Our brother Vince, who's a professional back there, will help you out and get, get you set up, all right? Uh, one thing that we want to mention, we want to begin by Thanking everyone who has been praying for Contending for the Faith. We really appreciate those prayers. Without the prayers of the saints, we couldn't make it. Lord knows. And we also want to thank those who gave this week. Uh, Valerie, Jackie, Camilla, Bomani. What's up, Bomani? Richard and Carol and Bruce, who stepped up big time to the plate to knock a home run for Jesus. So we're so thankful for you guys contributing. We are a listener supported and it cost us $400 per week to stay on the air. Okay. We really need your help. This is often a very difficult time for most radio ministries. So please don't forget about us when you have been blessed this ministry and uh, by this ministry and, and Dr. Buckner's teachings. Now, we want to inform you there are two ways to donate. Uh, the first one is by sending a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, uh, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920 on the zip code. Uh, the second way is you go on your computer or laptop and go to Contending Faith. Org. That's contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button. So, hey, man, if the Lord has blessed you, uh, put it on your heart. Support us. Support us. Uh, we, we believe that we are here by the Lord himself, and he's kept us here for a very long time, and uh, he's using uh, the saints just like you. So we thank you, and please feel free to cheerfully give. Uh, Dr. Buckner, how you doing? How you feeling? You ready to get to some phone calls? Let's do that. Uh, we appreciate all that the Lord is doing through you, and uh, let's get to the callers. And we have uh, Cece. Cece, are you there? Yes, How are you doing this evening? Um, it's, it's pretty rough, but I'm here. Amen. When, when it gets yeah. rougher, uh, just get tougher in the Lord. Amen. That's what God has put us here for. You know, uh, he's given us the grace uh, to get through no matter what we're going through, and he gives us the power to get through it as well. And always remember Romans 8, that you're not just a conqueror, you're more than conquerors and through Christ Jesus. And and then look at First uh, John 4 and 4, ye of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So uh, God has you in a state right now of testing you, 
just to see how loyal you're going to be, how faithful you're going to be, because he's always faithful. Yes. He's always trustworthy, and he will give us the power to get through anything we're going through. We just got to trust him and remember that when you're down to nothing, God is always up to something. Amen? Amen. Uh, I appreciate that. And I also want to um, say uh, that young brother did a good job um, uh, in, um, instead of uh, who the Garrett is in there. Yes. Yes. If you did a really, really, really good job, and, you know, I just I appreciate hearing that, especially when I hear it from like young people, man. It's just really amazing when God uses young people, man, because there's so many young people that's lost and so. When I anytime I hear somebody that's young is being used by the Lord like that, that's that's really awesome and do a good job. And you can hear that love and that fervor that he has even in his voice, just reading those points. It almost seemed like he wanted to start preaching. <laughs> Amen. 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 I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, well, thank you for those encouraging words, and I know he's blessed by that, too, because this is his first time jumping in the fire and has not been trained or anything like that. It's just the Holy Spirit using him yes, tonight, and yes, we, yes. we are thankful to the Lord for that. So, thank you, Brother Cece. Appreciate that exhortation, yeah. Brother. Thank Amen. You. Amen. Yeah. And, so, You're welcome. Good job. Good job. I, I would never know that was his first time. It sounded like he'd been doing it for years. Amen. 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 That's a confirmation. I said the same thing. Uh, you know, wow. and how did how did the, the, the Word of God minister to you tonight? Well, it just it just brought things to reality. You know, I mean, you say a lot of things that I can't really cover at once, at once, but as a whole, I enjoyed the message and the integrity of your speaking, and also it was not only did you teach from a theological perspective, but you spoke from a practical perspective, and it was very simple that even a child could understand it. And I just like the part where you broke down the spiritual death, the physical death, and then the eternal death, because those are some serious things that a lot of people are unaware of. And when the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and you can see that, you're like, wow, I'm in trouble. You know, just mm-hmm. it was it was sobering. I listened to it, and I, I really enjoyed it. And it, it just brought me, brought me back to reality. And like you said, it we all got to die, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't like the fact I got to die, but we all got to die. And so, I mean, so nobody can argue with that. I know the Bible says no man has the power over the day of his own death, and that's so true. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that input, and uh, you're right on target and uh, what what you're saying. So, And then you had a question as well. Yeah, I have a twofold, actually a two-fold question. The first one is... is um, Concerning, well, they both really concerning the Bible, but yeah, there's a, uh, a passage that I want to ask you. Uh huh. And where are you at? Actually, I, yeah. I didn't see I didn't see your question up. Couldn't see your question up on the computer. Uh, so uh, where are you at? Which which book I'm are in you? Second Thessalonians, chapter eleven. I mean, chapter, I mean, chapter two, verse eleven. Okay, let me uh, get to that. Second Thessalonians, chapter. Uh, two, okay, alrighty, and then you're at uh, verse eleven. Why don't you read that? Okay, um, maybe I should. Oh, verse eleven it says, "And uh, for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie." And you know, I, if you could just really, you know, give a some exegesis on that interpretation, really appreciate it. Right, right, right. Well, so what happens here is that uh, a person can uh, get to the place in their lives uh, as they 
continue to reject the truth and reject God's love and reject uh, God's forgiveness and reject uh, everything that God has given in his revelation, what happens is that uh, it gets to a point where uh, God will uh, give them up. You know, so this parallels to uh, Romans chapter 1. You remember uh, when uh, God had revealed himself in creation and the conscience and in Christ, and yet in Romans chapter 1, they still reject the revelation of God. And then what happens over a period of time, uh, God simply gives them up to a reprobate mind. And so this particular passage in verse parallels to that, Romans chapter 1. And uh, this is why they say that uh, men started, uh, you know, being with other men and women, and they started to worship the creature more than the creator, and they weren't thankful. And so what happens is when a person continues to reject the knowledge of God, the truth of God, his revelation, and his divine nature and his essence and being— what is left is either a reprobate mind, which means that a person gets to a state where they can't even discern truth anymore. They can't discern uh, the truth over a lie uh, or a strong delusions. They become delusional when it comes to a God. So what they do is they start to worship creatures and idolatry and everything else in the place of God because God, after a period of time, gives them up, you know. So uh, it, it says this in the Old Testament about Ephraim. They had got into so, such deep idolatry that the pastor says that God gave them up and God, uh, you know, said, leave them alone, and they got into idolatry and all this sort of things. And so this passage parallels to Romans chapter 1. And if a person continues and continues to live in sin, continue to live in rebellion, uh, this kind of fits into also another uh, uh, situation in the Old Testament where, uh, you know, Pharaoh, after God had revealed himself to him over and over and over again, and it says, Pharaoh heartened his heart. He heartened his heart. And then it got to a place where the passage says that God heartened his heart. And so it gets to a place where you continue to reject truth, then God will hearten his heart regarding you, and then he will send things in the place of, he'll allow things to come in the place of his revelation and his truth, and then people will start to believe the lies of the enemy and even the Antichrist, because the the way he's going to get people in the end, because this talks about the Antichrist as well, is that he's going to be able to to dupe them through lies. And the way they're going to grab for the lies is because they don't know the truth. They've denied the truth, and, you know, and they continue to deny it. So, it's uh, it's not uh, so much the uh, the absence. It's not such a thing as the absence of truth. It's the rejection of it. You know, God has revealed His truth there, and it's a behavioral thing. You know, when we talk about atheists, agnostics, and skeptics, it's not an intellectual thing. It's not that at all because God has revealed Himself in in so many different ways. It's a behavioral thing. The same thing when it comes to the gay community and people wanting to become a man and wanting to become a woman, and they they are the they reject the way God has uh, created them to be. 
they say it's an identity thing. No, it's a behavioral thing. You, Because God has revealed himself to you. And when you get to the point where you just reject what God has, has given to you through his revelation, then other things going to come in and you're going to start to worship them things in the place of God. So this is what it's saying in the passage. Hopefully that helps you out. Yeah, I appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you have any prayer requests? Um, yes, I, yeah, yes, I, actually, I do. If, if, if you don't have time to um, stand on uh, one more question? Uh, yes, what's, what's your other question? The last question is just, you know, before I get to the prayers, is um, if you could stand a little bit more on last week when I was, I was talking about the injustice and inequity on the part of uh, law enforcement in terms of our African-American community, um, as a large, not as a whole, but as a, you know, that would be a, a overgeneralized statement to say that it all, you know, all cops are, you know, are bad. But in, in terms of those who, you know, who are uh, practicing injustice and equity, inequity on the part of um, our African Americans uh, in the law enforcement agency, I was, was wondering if you could expand on that because I just recently, uh, since we talked, another black man was killed, gunned down by a cop in uh, San Diego. So, it's really getting bad. Yeah, it's really getting bad. And and the thing that's making it bad, and uh, let me just say a few more things on this. The thing that's making it bad is uh, not uh, the uh, the lawlessness itself, because the lawlessness is not the root of the problem, you know, and the rebellion is not the root of the problem. The, the problem is uh, wretched hearts and wicked hearts on the part of the law enforcement and as well as the people of the land. So uh, when you get to the root, you can bear fruit. And so what's the problem in our world today? Uh, many have asked the question, uh, what is happening? What is happening in our world today? With all the violence, the killing of the officers, the officers killing black uh, African Americans, uh, and what is the uh, the issue? What is the problem? Well, the problem is, and, and what's happening is that people have forgotten God, and that's the biggest issue in our society today. We've forgotten God, and uh, so if you have an officer that is killing uh, young black males. Uh, he has no uh, conscience regarding the reality of the word of God that says in Exodus 20, thou shalt not kill. And then when you have an African-American that's killing, he has no conscience. If he's killing officers, no consciousness of thou shalt not kill because he's not, his heart is not uh, uh, looking and following the laws of God and God's uh, ways. And so we have a problem on both sides, a problem on both sides. And the real answer is not through the politicians, is not through uh, the economists, is not through all of that. The real big issue that people need to be talking about right now is people turning back to God. And uh, even we have some young uh, black men that uh, the law says certain things and they continue to walk away. So until we come to grips with what God calls us to do, uh, people are going to be debating, they're going to be fussing, they're going to be arguing, but uh, how many people in the land is saying today amongst the officers and even when blacks get together and they boycott and they do all these things, how many times do you have signs up saying 
turn back to God, repent, get right with God. And until the land does that, we're going to continue to have these problems that we have in society today. So the biggest issue is in our society today is people repenting and turning to God and surrendering to him. Uh, otherwise, chaos, uh, lawlessness, uh, all sorts of murders, killings, and all sorts of things will continue to grow, and uh, and men will continue to do that which is right in his own eyes. So that's what we need to be focusing on right now, is we can discuss a lot of things about everything that's going on, but let's get to the bottom line and say, let's turn back to God. And that's what Second uh, Chronicles 7 and 14 says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. So the answer to the land being healed is men turning to God. The black community, white community, Asian community, Latino community, police departments, we need to turn to God because the answer is, answer is in reformation and revival. We need a revival to take place and go across this world. And we find that early in history, uh, with, and, and back in Europe, when people turned to God, when Jonathan Edwards preached that sermon, Sinners in the Hands of Angry God, and people turned to God, there was no breaking of the laws. People weren't going to jail. Revival, reformation and revival is the answer today to the problems that we have today. And then until that happens, we're going to continue to be in the shape we're in. Let me, let me get your prayer request real quick because we're about almost at a commercial. Uh, yeah, if you could just pray for me my, um, and my family, my mother, Rosalinda, and I have some pressure still around my head. And um, I have God has surrounded me by, well, you know, to put some young ladies in my life. And I just want to pray that God would uh, reach out to these young ladies. They need him. And also just pray, um, again, if you, could, if you could just pray for, um, I forget who it is. Uh, it's, well, it's just celebrities in general. It's a, it's a lot of celebrities. Uh, that I wanted, you know, to pray for. You could pray for them. I know one of them is Christopher, Christopher Williams, and um, the uh, other singer Eminem. To pray for them, and then all the other, all those singers. Then we we could lift up uh, the situation you, uh, with Gary's father. Okay, sounds good. Let's do that before we get to a commercial break. We're almost there. Yes, Lord, we just uh, come before you, Lord God, praying for Brother Cece's family, his mother, Rosalinda. We want to pray for Cece's health. We want to pray for the women in his life. We want to pray for Christopher Williams, Eminem, um, Lord God, all the celebrities, Lord God. We pray that uh, we all, as we just talked about, just turn to you, Lord God, for authentic and genuine relationship with Jesus. We pray for healing. Uh, we pray for peace. We pray for love uh, through the through the power of the Holy Spirit to abound in everyone's inner man on this prayer list, Lord God. We we say these things in the name of Jesus as we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother E. And Thank you, CC, for your uh, call and your good questions. And God bless you and keep you, my friend. Thank you. All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Brother CC. Excellent questions. Uh, we want to continue to encourage you. Call one eight 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 four k fax That's one 367 5329 We'll be right back. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, Radio Land, how are you guys doing? Welcome to Contending for the Faith. If you're just joining us, my name is Brother E. Uh, standing in the gap and in the stead for my brother GB Gary Bell. Uh, we are live uh, with our, our host, uh, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. 
Uh, he just answers some great questions uh, coming out of uh, First Thessalonians and some of the things that are going on with uh, the killings with the cops and the black community. Um, so these are just this is what it's all about, just really getting down to the raw bone of of what's going on in our society today and letting people know that Jesus is relevant. Jesus is the same from yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So we need to get with the program. So thank you, Brother CC, for your faithfulness. Um, always calling with great, excellent questions. Um, we have another brother who's on the line who is so faithful uh, to the ministry, always asking profound questions. Uh, so we thank you. Uh, our brother Jermaine uh, is on the line. Hello there, Brother Jermaine. How you doing? Very well. Well, good. Good to hear your voice. And uh, uh, what's on your heart tonight? Well, you know, um, I just had a question about uh, sometimes pastors, when they kind of overstep the line uh, in various ministries, not yourself, of course, but I hear uh, I've been to places where they would say something that was obviously unscriptural or they'll deviate and uh, start bashing political candidates or have the nerve to have celebrities get behind their pulpits. Uh, I know in San Francisco there was there was even uh, you know a pastor who was going to have Colin Kaepernick speak on a social issue. The social issues are fine, but I just don't see how they have a place behind the pulpit. All these things made me want to ask, when is it appropriate to kind of call the pastor out, not in front of the congregation, but just to, to uh, confront your brother like the Bible says? So what, what is the proper method to do that? Right. That's a good question. Well, you know, the uh, I know uh, what you're talking about in terms of San Francisco, the situation there. Um, you know, each uh, individual church has its own operation, and unfortunately, so many of them have become so liberal that uh, even if you confront some of them, uh, they will just look at you as a heretic, and they'll look at you as a troublemaker and not a, a trouble uh uh, saluter, you know, uh, to to salute the problem and solve the problem. So it's um, a situation where if the deacons and the leaders in the church is not confronting it themselves, then uh, it's really not our place to uh, try to get into that church and correct the, the pastor or something like that. Now, uh, what people can do uh, if he has um, an email or something like that, uh, and he's open to uh, opinions and differences, uh, that's one way that people can do it, because many pastors do that. I do it myself, and others uh, should, pastors should have that sort of thing. But um, now, if it's a particular church that you are in, in particular, um, and there's a pastor that is doing certain things, you have the right to, um, you know, call a meeting, uh, have a a one-on-one with him, because the proper means is, Jesus said, if you have a fault with your brother, you go to him and confront him. And if he doesn't listen, you take another brother, or you you go before the church. So uh, in your local church, you can, uh, you know, you have, you see something that is troubling and wrong, uh, you can, you have the right to do that because uh, when it says 
in uh, Hebrews 13 and 17, obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch your souls as, as they that must give an account, uh, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. Uh, so uh, the pastors are under the authority of Christ, and um, if they say something that is contrary to the Word of God, then people have the right to uh, email them or, you know, to send a letter and to say, you know what, I was concerned about this and that. But if it's an extremely liberal church, and uh, the one you're talking about is uh, is re- very liberal, and I know about it. So uh, they uh, are going to laugh at you if you try to confront them, and they're going to not hear you because— uh, you know they're they're set in their ways, and uh, and then Jesus simply says, "Don't cast your pearls among uh, swine." And uh, you know, so uh, I don't think we need to uh, waste a lot of time with people who are set in their ways. But we can pray for them, and we get uh, the best thing is to email them and send them a letter and say, you know, this is what I'm concerned about. And uh, I'm I'm bothered by this, and then you back it up with the word of God, and say I would like for you to respond back to me. So that's what you can do. But other than that, uh, I have pretty much, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, if the Lord leads me to do a certain thing with a a pastor, is somebody that I know is open to, um, you know, differences and open to suggestions, and I will get together with them and talk about it. Just like I shared last week, there was a pastor that, uh, you know, said regarding second John, you know, it was something brought up, you know, and, and he said that uh, you shouldn't bring them into your house literally. And he was misinterpreting scripture. So uh, I confronted him in love and said that uh, that passage there is not talking about the literal house, but it's talking about the church because the early church met in the houses. And he uh, was open to hear that and was willing to do something about it. But there are others who are have the attitude, don't confuse me with the facts. My mind is already made up. And that's what Walter Martin one time said. Some people say, don't confuse me with the facts. My mind is already made up. Those people, you leave alone and you pray for them. And then there are some people, when you uh, try to tell them something, uh, they uh, or uh, prejudge you uh, because they uh, already got their minds made up. And it's hard to deal with somebody that got their mind made up. Uh, you know, they they are people that are difficult. So what we do is pray for those people, and uh, we can send them letters if you choose to do that, and if you can email them if you choose to do that. But I can tell you this from 40 years of experience in ministry, dealing with extremely liberal churches, uh, they are set in their ways, and they're going to do it their way, and they're going to allow every form of sin sometime in there, and they're going to parade it. But uh, you back up from those churches, and you pray for them, and you uh, pray that God will speak to them, But uh, and you try to work with somebody that's going to be open-minded. But, but, you know, you don't want to spend a lot of time dealing with somebody who's liberal and set in their ways because 
there's more things you can do that would be productive and creative than to uh, spend your time uh, wasting it on people like that. Okay, yeah, I appreciate that, Dr. Martin. That's fair. And uh, the only reason I mentioned that was I actually support a lot of what Mr. Kaepernick has done, but it's just I know he's currently dating a Muslim, and it just seemed to be a bad look. But uh, everything you said, I've not confirmed in private, so thank you very much. Yeah, well, thank you for your uh, your question as well. You know, we have to pray for Kaepernick as well because he needs to uh, come to know the Lord as well. And a lot of the stuff around the the flat the you know the national anthem and stuff like that uh many have saying that it's uh the who he's involved with has a lot to do with that so we just have to pray for him and 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 pray that god will bring him to a saving knowledge of jesus because he needs it as well so but thank you for your your call and your and your and your question as well uh thank you brother love oh. you man Amen. Amen. Well, we have, uh, who we have next? Uh, Sandra? Sandra, are you there? Yeah. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good, and I'm excited for the 15th. Because my sister and I, she's taking me to Idaho. We're going to travel together up there, and she's going to come back. And I'm going to be flying back home here in California on the 30th of this month by myself. Okay. I need a prayer that I can won't have no seizures or no complaints or anything. Okay, that's a very good prayer request. And let's lift you up in prayer on that. We're going to ask Brother E to lift you up in prayer. And thank you for calling in for that prayer request as well, Brother E. Yes, Lord, we uh, come before you. We thank you for another day. We thank you for your daughter, Sister Sandra. Lord God, we thank you for her opportunity to get to travel, go to Idaho. We know that she's going to have a blessed time, and we know that she opened that opportunity, that door that no man can shut for her. We pray for her peace, that uh, she be anxious for nothing but in all things through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. May she let her request be known unto you, O Lord God, and the peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard her heart and mind on this flight and this journey, Lord God. May you protect them. May you give them traveling grace, Lord God, and may they give you glory every step of the way, Lord God. So we thank you for Sister Sandra, her call, Lord God, her faithfulness, her love for you, Lord God. Continue to bless her and enrich her, strengthen her faith in you and her inner man. May her love for you continue to grow, and may she continue to understand how much you love her more and more each and every day, Lord God. In your name, Lord, we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother E. And thank you, Sandra, for your your call and your uh, concern around your prayer request. Because my, my sister's going to be driving up there. Okay, okay. Well, keep us posted on how things go, okay? Well, I don't know what time it is now up there in, in Idaho for 7 o'clock here. Amen. Amen. Well, you keep us posted on it. We got to get ready to go. Our uh, program is almost over with. So thank you for your call and your your uh, prayer requests. Okay. All right. God bless you. Thank you, brothers. You're welcome. I love y'all. May God be with you. The same with you as well. Same with you. Showering y'all with a ton of blessings. All righty. God bless you. All right. I want to say to all of the uh, listeners out there in Radio Land, I want to recommend a book that uh, I know that will bless your heart. Uh, it's a tremendous book, and it's for those who may be suffering 
in all types of ways. You may be suffering with cancer and diabetes and Parkinson and just mental illnesses and physical problems and spiritual. Uh, there is a tremendous book uh, by, uh, entitled Making Sense of Suffering by Johnny Erickson Tata. Making Sense of Suffering by Johnny Erickson Tata. You want to get that book because it'll help you. It'll strengthen you. And, you know, she's paralyzed from the neck down from a diving accident. And this lady has touched more people in Christ than anyone else I know in this uh, day and age in which we're living. She's using her sicknesses for the glory of God. Are you doing that today? Uh, I mean, that's a tremendous thing to remember. Making sense of suffering. Brother E, knock a home run in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. We thank you for tuning in. Doc, another awesome job with the teachings tonight. Brother Vince, thank you for everything that you do for us, brother, and for the Lord. We thank you for the calls. Uh, we just thank you guys for supporting what God is doing. So we love you guys. We love you, GB. Uh, we just want to say uh, continue to support and listen. Uh, and we thank you for your prayers. You can uh, reach us at um, contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org, okay? Uh, we'll be back at it next week, same time, same place. God bless. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.